What's going on, good people? Welcome to Life School. I'm Reverend Kojo. I am your host. We've got a lot to talk about today. Look, Life School is not about getting your panties in a bunch. It's about talking about the hard-hitting topics that you're going through today. If you're struggling, I want to talk about it. If you're hurting, I want to talk about it. If you're just flat up confused, let's talk about it too. Why? Because this is Life School. Hey, good folks. I'm Reverend Kojo. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. Boy, we got some stuff to talk about. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I was sitting downstairs about 30 minutes ago watching Grey's Anatomy, uh, as it is my custom. I've, I've probably been through the Grey's Anatomy series since I've been through college at least once a semester. I'm talking about knocking 10, 11, 12 seasons out per semester. But, I, but it, you know, after you've seen something several times, it becomes a little monotonous. So I was scrolling through uh, Facebook, and uh, I came across this video of this guy preaching. And he was preaching about holiness without compromise. Now, I'm going to be real with y'all. And I've written it and I've said it. Holiness is a word that for most of my life has made me nervous. And let me just be transparent with you about why holiness has made me nervous. It's made me nervous because I had a grandmother who, before she came to my church, went to a holiness church. And everybody that seemed to be attached to the holiness church, they pray for you and folks start speaking in tongues and they start falling out. And if you don't understand what tongues are and you don't understand why people are falling out, you don't understand what's going on. And so uh, to a lot of folk, it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, growing up in a Baptist church, that's junk. It feels like witchcraft. You sitting here like you're like, this is not the church that I'm used to. I'm used to folks shouting. I'm used to people crying out and crying and, and lifting their hands up, but but all of this stuff is not the stuff that I'm, uh, I'm I'm accustomed to. This is not the stuff that I'm used to, and this is not the stuff that I'm comfortable with. And so a lot of it I, I couldn't understand. And I'm gonna be real with you, I may understand it, but my 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 eyes don't understand it. <laughs> you know, on a spiritual level, I kind of get it, and I've kind of studied it, and I've kind of looked into it, but. I didn't really understand it. Well, that's what I always attributed to holiness. Or I, I attributed that people that went to holiness churches, they had to wear skirts all the time. Uh, <laughs> and they couldn't wear shorts. And so I didn't really understand what holiness meant. And so I've been, you know, I've been trying to understand, you know, holiness. And so just to, just about the last hour or so, I've been sitting in front of my concordance and my parallel Bible with four versions of the Bible, trying to understand this necessity toward holiness. Because he was preaching and he was preaching against a lot of stuff. And he was saying, how did the church get into this state? And we've been called to be set apart and we've been called to all of these things. And, and I understood that uh, um, to be sanctified was to be set, set apart. Often sanctification and holiness went to hand in hand. Often as if you were talking about sanctification and holiness, that meant that you, you were uh, righteous or you were in pursuit of righteousness. But what does that mean? Okay, because if if you're not you're not the the, the biblical scholar that I try to be, uh, if you're not digging down into these scriptures like I try to do, uh, you, it's probably a loss on you. And especially if you go to church on Sunday morning and that's your thing, and you might pick up life school once or twice a week, or if it's one of those weeks where we do an everyday session, you may listen to life school on the way to work. But if you're not really, really into this thing, holiness, righteousness, and sanctification just might be some words that you hear people that speak in tongues say. 
And if you're not privy to what that means, you're probably getting uncomfortable with it. Okay. Now, if you're super saved and you 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 understand that this may not be the episode for you, but I'm going to try to bring a little bit of clarity to this because I had this moment. I said, if I if I'm confused and I'm licensed and ordained, not only am I licensed and ordained, I'm being vetted to go to seminary school to get my Ph.D., not my deviant, but my Ph.D. in liturgical studies of this word that we call the Bible and to look into hermeneutics as a as a specialty. I study the word. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm searching for an interlinear Bible. Um, I'm trying to learn the Greek and the Hebrew. I am really into the word. I really want to understand what it means. Um, but if you are not like me, there is a very high chance that these things confuse you, too. And if these things confuse you and I'm, I'm learned, you know, I try to be learned. That's not fair, and we've done you a disservice, especially if what this man was preaching is true, because he was preaching that your salvation has a, it can be it can walk away from you. And I'm going to be honest with you. What happened is is it kind of shook me a little bit because I remember on my ordination test, one of the questions is how do you how do you gain salvation? And the answer we had been coached is through Christ alone. And if salvation comes through Christ alone, how is it that this little pit tidbit of sanctification or holiness or righteousness could take away your salvation? So I did some digging. I opened up the concordance and I had a feeling that the word holy or holiness would be in the Bible a lot. I don't think I, I anticipated that it would be in the Bible as much as it was. And so after I sifted through hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of occurrence of the word holy, um, I found myself in both the books, Romans and Acts. OK, and I probably should have anticipated that they would be around that area anyway or the answers that I was looking for. But I, I appeared upon Romans and Acts. And so I, I began to read. And so here here's here's what it is, y'all. Salvation comes from Christ and Christ alone, okay? Getting into heaven, getting your foot into the kingdom, into the church, get is it comes through Christ alone, okay? But here is here is how this works, okay? And and and, and I hope that you catch this because if you're not saved, I want you to get this. If you're kind of saved, I want you to get this. And then I want you to I want you to be able to verify your salvation off of this. So you when you confess and believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins, for the remission of your sins, that you believe you're saved, you're saved, okay? And but here is why this works. OK, he died on the cross. He took on a flesh just like mine and yours. OK, and when he took on a flesh just like mine and yours, because we were unable to keep the law. OK, so if you've been a privy to Bible school, you know that I've, I've talked about how both the Christian faith, the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith came from the seed of Abraham and they split at Isaac and Ishmael. And when they split at Isaac and Ishmael, then we see the difference between the Torah and the Bible and the Quran. But most of the laws are the same. OK, we know that through Christ. Anybody can be saved, okay? Anybody can be saved. Anybody can get to heaven. We know that there was a promised Messiah to the Jews, and the Quran, well, it's just different. 
But anybody, a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, a Gentile, anybody, anybody who, who confesses Jesus Christ can be saved. And we call those Christians. Now, some people who don't like to take the title Christian because they say it's been corrupted. But at the end of the day, you're part of the church. According to Revelation, you belong to the church if you believe Christ died. OK. All right. So we, we, we got that. We, we understand that piece. But here here's here's another piece of it that I think a lot of us miss. The reason that works is because he took the sinful flesh on our spirit, our spirit, our souls, our human souls did not have the capacity to keep up with the law required. The law was not dirty. The law was not wrong. The law in in itself, by itself, was holy. We were just incapable to keep up with the holy standard. As a matter of fact, scripture says that the law showed us how unholy we were. Okay, and so for thousands of years, people were following this law, trying to be uh, good enough, and we never were. It didn't matter how many uh, sacrifices we made. It didn't matter any any of that. Obedience was always going to be better than sacrifice, and we were incapable of being obedient all of the time. Okay, so because we were incapable of being obedient all of the time, um. He sent Christ and Christ died in a human flesh, but he had a perfect spirit. His perfect spirit, he died. He went to hell. He stole the keys. He went back to heaven. He came down. He made sure that they knew that he had resurrected and he went back to sit at the right hand. After he told them to tarry a while on the day of Pentecost, well, to tarry before the day of Pentecost, they were all together and on one accord and the Holy Spirit came. Okay, the Holy Spirit indwelled these people. And when it indwelled these people, it became their helper, okay? And the helper, as long as they would listen to the helper, they could keep the fulfillment of the law because the helper kept them from doing wrong. The Holy Spirit, okay? So when you received Christ, you gained the Holy Spirit. If you listen to the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, then you can keep yourself holy. Okay. So no, you don't have to open up Leviticus and Deuteronomy and follow those laws to the T. No, you don't have to be a slave to all of these rules. But if you're going to follow Christ, you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit that is indwelled on the inside of you. Okay. And so I was struggling, y'all. I was really struggling because I'm like, through Christ alone, you're saved. So technically, if you want to be like a, a hell raising sinner, you could do that and still get to heaven and see. But, 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 but the scripture made it plain to me is that if you depend on your flesh, okay, and I'm going to break it down in a minute. I'm gonna break it, I promise I will. If you depend on your flesh, for your guidance and your daily bread and what you need for the day, you will miss the boat. Okay. And so while I believe salvation comes through confession and belief alone, maintaining such a relationship is, is just as imperative. Okay. Through Christ alone, salvation comes. But maintaining that relationship is just as important because you can lead yourself into a, into a, into a hellish way. Why? How, how is that possible? Well, in Romans one, he talks about how they were idolaters and they were lusters after his flesh. And, and because they never came into repentance, he handed them over to themselves 
And see, that's, that's the thing. As long as Christ is leading you, as long as the Holy Spirit is the, your direction, as long as you're doing what God has called you to do and you're being what he has called you to be, he, you, your, your covering is stronger, okay? Your covering is, is, is stronger. And, but when you step out of that thing, you become, you begin to be your ship or your sail. So basically you're the ship without a sail. You're going, you're tossed and driven and you will walk into a situation where you'll put yourself in Christ's hands. Scripture says nothing can take you out of the hands of God. You know, the only person that can take you out of the hands of God is you. And so many times we will take ourselves out of the hands of God because we think we know best. And we think that we are are capable of, of sealing our own fate and we're not. We're not. I'm sorry. We're not. And, you know, it's funny, y'all. I was laying in the bed just a couple of nights ago. It's kind of funny. I ended up in this study today. I was laying in the bed a couple of nights ago, and I was like, you know, God, I'm kind of like this hole in this thing. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, because it had, been, it, it, it had been a good bit since I'd had an indiscretion. Or even a moment where I was desiring to do something God didn't want me to do. And so... You know, it was, it was, it, I was in this place that was different for me. And, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, oh, you're perfect. I'm not perfect. I have problems just like you do. I have desires just like you do. And I think you can probably see some of them. Um, the only thing is that I really, really am thirsty after righteousness these days. I'm really thirsty after righteousness. I want God just to be pleased with me. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> if I were to die today, I just want him to be like, well done. You did it. Okay. <laughs> you can come on in here. Well, let me just give you a crown and a robe. <laughs> you know, your mansion is over there. <laughs> you know, I just really want God to be pleased with me. And I really hope that that is your desire. And I know some of us just want to get into the gates, and I really hope that's not your desire. I, I really hope that it is your desire that with God, when God is looking down, he's like, hey, that's my servant. That's my servant. And, and I think that we, we ought to be pursuing uh, being thirsty after righteousness. Now, I'm not a big fan of, of, um, of being a stuffy old Christian where you can't go watch movies. I love movies. I like TV. I like reading books. Um, I love music. And, and when I say I love music, I go to jazz bars. I do. Reverend Kojo goes. Um, you ain't you probably ain't gonna ever find me in a club. I've never been to a club, <laughs> but I just don't have a desire to go. Um, but I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, I find myself wanting to be right more than I want to be wrong. And this is here's 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 my whole point, y'all. If you will seek God, he will point you in the paths of righteousness. You'll become thirsty for holiness. If you will seek God. See, sometimes we get saved, but we go back to doing the same things we did. We don't want to get in the face of God. We say, oh, yeah, you can you can have my soul, but you can't have my life. And and that's a big mistake, because if you if you give him your soul and not your life, you're more apt to take your soul out of his hands. See, mm, you're more apt to take your soul out of his hands by doing something, going places that you have no business going. Okay. Salvation comes through confession and belief, but, and no, and no, nothing can separate you from him, but you have the capacity to take your hand out of him. There's a scripture that says that if you have seen the gifts of God and you have walked with God and you reject him, there's not really a lot of hope for you. And that's a paraphrase, but that's basically what the scripture says. You, I mean, you can, you have the ability to do it. Now, Satan can come in and take your, your salvation. 
Can't nobody, I can't, I can't come in and say, take her name out the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't have that power. But in, in all that I do know, you need to be running toward righteousness. Running toward Christ. Running toward opportunities to be right and to be faithful and to be kind. Why? Because I think the absolute worst thing that could happen is to get to the pearly gates and he say, I don't know you. You didn't act like me. You denied me on earth. I asked you to do these things and you couldn't do them. You were too selfish. I just think that's the worst thing that could happen. But I, I, I wanted to clear that up because I was really confused. Because this man was preaching. He was preaching holiness. And he was like, you, 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 you can't get in and, and you're living like hell. And if you're living like hell, you're going you're gonna to find this. And this is what I, and, and I, I've asked my pastor some time ago. And I didn't quite understand his, his answer, but I kind of understand it now. When you seeking God, and I mean really seeking God, you're going to seek what he wants because you'll be feeding the spirit that lives on the inside of you. But if you're not really seeking God, did you really accept him as Lord of your life? And that's the thing, confession and belief. You can say it, but you've really got to believe it on the inside of you to really be saved. And so believing that he died for your sins is saying, I believe that you have taken on sin for me and you're going, you're going to replace your spirit with mine. So my sinful desire on the inside, I'm going to give it away and I'm going to trade it for your desire for righteousness. And since I'm going to take, I'm going to trade with you. I've got to listen to what your spirit says because we're trading. And see, often we, we don't want to trade. We just want the salvation, but we, we want to walk in this thing and do what we've been doing, how we've been doing it. And we would say, Oh, he knows my heart. Yes. He knows your heart. He knows it's full of hell. <laughs> and so because he knows it's hey, with full of hell, he's like, Hey, wait, hey, we got to get rid of that. We got to get rid of that. I got to clean you. I got to make you white as snow. And you're like, no, you ain't got to make me white as snow. Just make me white as snow when I get the heaven. I want to keep living like hell. God, that's not his desire for you. His desire is that you would have holiness. And let me just be transparent with y'all. I was trying to understand how in the world, because y'all know I'm chased. Um, I'm chased for obvious reasons. Um, but you know, I'm chased and I was trying to understand how God gave me peace about a certain person in a certain situation. I'm like, God, this don't make sense. I, I just don't, I don't get it. And so he made it very plain because he, he removed the desire towards sin. Okay, and and you're just gonna have to talk to me if you want to know what he really did. But he removed the desire towards sin, and he but every other desire that was pure and holy, he allowed to remain intact. And so I couldn't understand in the beginning how this could be. How could I have peace? Where could this freedom be coming from? Because we know that freedom comes from Christ. We know that when we're walking after Christ, there's no condemnation. We know that there's peace. Peace is something that can't be manufactured, but the Holy Spirit provides peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. So how in the world do I have peace about this thing I thought I was supposed to be all wrapped up and miserable it is not the will of God that you be miserable trying to be holy okay and 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 look I, I want you to hear this because some people will try to teach you oh ooh, some people will try to teach you that your that your walk with Christ has to be miserable and if it's not miserable that you're not living after the word that's not true there's too much focus on what you give up and not enough on what you gain okay 
Everybody wants to tell you that when you put on, when you get holy, you got to dress a certain way, you got to act a certain way, you got to give up this, got to get up there, you can't go there, can't do this, can't do this. It's not about that. Because that desire, the more that you seek Christ, those desires will go out the window. And as those desires go out the window, your desires will begin to change. And as they begin to change, the things that you're desiring, he'll begin to open the floodgates of heaven. And as he begins to open the floodgates of heaven toward the things that he's allowed in your life, you'll begin to feel the joy. You'll begin to feel the happiness. You'll begin to feel the peace and those things will become the things that you rush after and you'll be happy about y'all and I couldn't say this a couple of years ago and I've been preaching a long time I couldn't say this a couple of years ago do y'all know that the highlight of my October was a young 16 year old man coming to Christ and and you know I, I've been there people are getting saved they got saved under my teaching but that young man I'm still happy it's December and I'm still excited that that young man came to Christ like it may, may have made my year <laughs> and <laughs> but my desires have changed. You know, my my whole desires have changed. The things that I get excited about have changed because I have been thirsting after righteousness and not what's right with me. Mm. Y'all, I hope this has helped you. I hope that we have cleaned some stuff up. I I I hope so. If I haven't, I, I guess I'll do another podcast and maybe I'll try again. But I I, I knew that if I was confused. <laughs> And I was trying to understand, and you got to hear my heart. Y'all, I, I, I grew up Baptist, um, but I didn't grow up Baptist not exposed to the holiness um, way. Um, I, I did have people that I knew I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, and so in growing up Baptist and growing up in what I knew that I had been taught and what I had been prudent about, because I knew I had my own beliefs and the things that I that I that I knew, but I couldn't relate to them. I wanted to be able to re- relate to that because I mean it's very well. That man could have been preaching, and I think it was a lot of truth to what he was preaching. He could have been preaching, and and I was you know because he was talking about people rejecting truth, and because he says the church rejected truth, it's the way it, the state that it's in. And I think that he was very right. I think he was very right, but I think that. Our approach to holiness should not be what you're giving up. Yes, you're giving up some stuff. Don't don't get me wrong. I think, but we should focus on what we're gaining when we pursue righteousness and we pursue holiness and we think about being sanctified and being set apart. Okay, it is it is the will of God that you be sanctified and set apart. It is the will of God that you would find holiness. I hope that I haven't led you astray. Um, look, life school. I want to make you feel good, but I also want to feed you the truth. Um, which is why I do Bible school and we do revelations and we do Genesis and we're going to travel through the word because <laughs> there are so many places that you can go that can make you feel good. And I hope that I give you a word that makes you feel good, that also educates you. But I would be remiss if we didn't talk about um, real hard hitting issues. And this is a real hard hitting issue. Um, and it's a thing that people don't like to talk about no more because it makes people run away. But the Bible says that if I would lift Christ, he would draw all men unto him. And so I'm just going to lift him and tell what is truth. Uh, what is good and what is right. And if you don't receive it, I'm sorry. I hope that you do. I hope that it, it, it sparks some life change and that you get hungry and you are right, thirsty for righteousness and you're thirsty for the face of God. And really not necessarily righteousness, but just be thirsty after God because the righteousness will come. If you get hungry after God, and I mean really seeking his face on a regular basis, being holy will come. It's kind of hard to be in the face of God and to be living like hell. And I'm just I'm, I'm speaking from existence, I'm, I'm from experience. Um, it is really hard to be in the face of I mean, to be honestly in the face of God and to be really buried in worship. It is really hard to be truly be in his face. 
um, and to be living like hell. I know people who try to do it, but there ain't no way in the world that you are really in the spirit. Like you, you might be trying to be in the spirit, but it's really hard to be in the spirit because uh, there's this law of agreement, and 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 two things can't he, you can't you can't serve two masters. And so you how how less how less it be right if we not to be in agreement. And so the Holy Spirit is not going to be walking with something that is hellacious. He'll clean something up that's hellacious, but he's not going to walk with something and be in agreement with something and bless something that is walking and is 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 a disgrace to his name. And so, but the more that you you get in his face, he will clean you up, he will cleanse you, and he'll walk and he'll talk with you. But y'all, I you know, I don't know how to put this any other way, but you got to be right and you gotta wanna be right. And I promise I'm not trying. I hope I don't come across as like our, our grandmamas and our, and our granddaddies because they, they still get on my nerves sometimes. Um, and I love them. I love them to death. Um, but the way that they come at you, it kind of make you feel like you're less than. I'm, I'm coming from a place of love because I really want your heart to be right. And I really want you to hear well done when you get to heaven. And I want you to reap some of the benefits of being set apart on earth. You know, there is there are some, some chores, but there is so much blessing in knowing Lord and walking with God here on earth. Okay. Um, until next time, I'm Reverend Kojo. I hope that you receive something. <laughs> I hope you receive something. I hope that you'll, you'll walk with something and you'll talk with something. And uh, yeah, this life school, y'all. Be blessed. <laughs>